We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomTownHoops.com. I'm your host for the day, Jacob Niffen. I am joined by the one and the only, maybe his first time to ever be announced first, Crane. <laughs> I was about to say, holy cow, if this is coming to me, that's that's a first. No, hey guys, um, we got uh, Afro Shea, and, and if you guys have seen me, I have not cut my hair since March, so my hair actually looks a lot like Shea's right now. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. It does. We've also got Taylor Peterson along with us today. I mean, basketball yesterday was fantastic, and a Thunder blowout win today. It's uh, been a good weekend of of NBA basketball. It definitely has, guys. It, the The basketball has been good. I've been enjoying it. But before we dive into basketball, we always start our podcast off with something light, something fun. 
So I'm, I'm gonna gonna put you two on the spot right now. All right, you ready? Ready. And I'll answer too. That way, you guys don't feel like I'm just picking on you. You keep doing this to us. <laughs> the most embarrassing thing to happen to you in public school? Oh, I, I already have this one. It, it, it still scars me. <laughs> All right. You guys ready for Spill it? Spill the tea. So, uh, back in first grade, long, long time, wee little lad, Taylor, um, we had recently moved into, I mean, probably we're in this house, like this is the second year we're in this home, because we moved to Owasso, Oklahoma when I was in kindergarten, and we had this big pond in the backyard, uh, or like past our backyard, I guess, our, our house backed up to a pond, and um, a bunch of friends in the neighborhood, uh, Nick, do you remember Tyler Sherwood? Oh, yeah. Me and him would go down to that pond all the time. Oh, name-dropping him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, Tyler's cool. <laughs> he, he, he listens. He, uh, he'll appreciate it. So it was Earth Day. For, and, and for Earth Day, you like had to come and like for, basically do a show and tell um, related to Earth Day. And so my mom was like, ooh, Taylor, you know what you should do? You should go down and catch crawdads like you guys do all the time during the summer and uh, put them in a jar and bring them for Earth Day for your show and tell. And so I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's a great idea, Mom. That'll be awesome. And so I do that. So I, I go, I uh, I bring it to show and tell, but at the you know after show and tell, I go and put it back in my backpack, and so <laughs> it's the end of the day, and I go to my locker, and I just I start to smell <laughs> this terrible smell, terrible smell, and it turns out the uh, crawdads and pond water uh, leaked from my jar and just covered the Ugh. entire backpack and locker. That's disgusting. <laughs> and so I am a little first grader, and I'm just ha- I have to throw on this backpack. And I just remember from the time you line up to like where your teacher leads you back outside to the pickup line for your parents to pick them up, just multiple people just, oh, what's that smell? And just looking <laughs> at me. It was the most embarrassing thing. I got in the car and was so mad at my mom because it was her idea. And uh, I was like, mom, it was so embarrassing. And my mom like still feels terrible to this day but uh, that hands down is is mine nick what do you got um i don't think i had any crazy embarrassing moments at school but this is a a basketball story so we were playing in a tournament in tahlequah oklahoma i was a freshman um they they pulled up a lot of the freshmen and JV guys to play varsity for this tournament because they accidentally double booked tournaments that that week. So the varsity guys were somewhere else. Yeah, and then, this was our freshman year with Coach Bird, and we yep. went down to Tahlequah to play them and just got the brake stomped off of us. Like, yep, it was we, awful. We sure did, and and here I come, my my very first varsity quote unquote varsity minutes playing on the on the varsity team and, and against varsity opponents. And, um, like the, the first five seconds I'm out there, we get a defensive stop. Uh, the ball is kicked ahead to me for a wide open layup. My first varsity points and I got sniped. I am there's, there's no one 10 feet, you know, I mean, nobody near me and I'm going about to go up for the layup and I just trip, fall on my face and the ball goes flying out of bounds. That was not the greatest start to my varsity career. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. Mine is probably from, not probably, it's from seventh grade. Uh, I was very intimidated going into junior high. Uh, My elementary school years, first through sixth grade, I went to this one elementary school. And then halfway through second grade, I transferred to a different school. And I went there for a semester and then went to a new junior high. So if if I kept going to my original school, I would have went to like junior high A. But since I switched, I went to junior high B. So I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And I was very nervous, very intimidated. Um, 
really had no friends, uh, just just felt out of place, right? And junior high is the first year where you start having coaches as teachers. And so third hour English was taught by the football coach. And dude ran a tight ship, and that class was silent all the time. <laughs> and he told us one day we needed to uh, bend over and get in the little rack underneath the desk. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, bend over and get to the rack and grab the textbook and put it on our desks. And so everyone's dead silent. Like nobody wants to be the person to talk. And so we all bend over to grab the the textbook. And as I bent over, I let the <laughs> gnarliest fart. It just it. Involuntary, just <laughs> and in a dead silent room, and nobody laughs. No, just everybody stares at me, and I just sat on the shock. front row. And then another kid was like, "Dang!" And that was the only thing said in the entire classroom. And I was fucking mortified. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, well, time to drop out and go live under a bridge, I guess. Like it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty That's bad. Fantastic. So, uh, oh man. But Good Nick, uh, kind of along with your story, I remember playing little league basketball, and all the the parents and everyone were there, and I didn't shoot a basket for like the first four games because I was too nervous. And the first shot I finally put up, wedgie. <laughs> no, it was, way. Like, it was it was the worst. Everybody in the whole gym started <laughs> laughing. And I went over and I was like, Coach, will you sub me out so I can sub the bench? <laughs> it was not fun. So, all right, are, guys. You and I are quite the opposite. I, <laughs> I was the, the kid in, in Little League basketball that was just hoisting it from threes, even though I don't think threes even counted at that time. I was Yeah, you couldn't even make it to the rim. <laughs> I was J.R. Smith before J.R. Smith just hoisting it from anywhere. Nick was showing up to Little League games drunk on Henny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. All right, guys. Well, let's jump into some Thunder Talk. To start off, the Thunder vs. Wiz game, the, the Wiz would be the, the Washington Wizards, just in case uh, uh, anyone's confused there. Probably has more just, likely the uh, Washington's G League team. but Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> crap. Uh, without John Wall, without Brad Beal, without Davis Bertans, the Thunder take on the Washington Wizards uh, and defeat them 121-103. to uh, I don't know how much there is to break down in this game. We're not doing a post-game for that episode because we're obviously doing the big podcast. Uh, but I figured we could talk about this game for a little bit. Uh, Baisley scores a career-high 23 points tonight or this afternoon or this morning or however you want to look at it. Uh, really good game from Baisley. He looked very confident. Uh, Mike Muscala gets the start today Noose. as Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel are late scratches from the lineup. Or as the uh, Thunder account calls him, Mike Jaws. Yes, I love it. I love it. Um, so Muscala had 14, uh, Gallo 20, Shea 18 points on 12 shots, even though he didn't have a great game. 18 on 12 is pretty good. Um, and then Hamadou Diallo with 13, which was very surprising. Hamadou Diallo... 13, 5, and 7 versus Chris Paul, 13, 4, and 9. Oh, On sorry. Five of sorry, seven sorry. I, I'm reading the field goal makes and attempts because NBA.com lays out their stats weird. Oh. Hami with 13 <laughs> points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal, shooting 71% from the floor and 50% from 3. Uh, Taylor, from watching this game today, Thunder now 3 and 2 in the bubble. Any takeaways from playing the corpse of the Washington Wizards? <laughs> I mean, it, I, and I, I had this disclaimer when I was tweeting from the account today, but 
there's still some really positive things, I think, that you can take from this game. And to be quite honest with you, this is kind of something I think we'll probably end this Thunder Talk with, um, you know, how we are feeling, or I guess that'll be our next bullet point, how we feel about the five games in the bubble But so far. But I feel like the Thunder kind of needed a game like this to regain that confidence, to kind of get back, uh, kind of get humming again, you know, kind of get back to what they do best, and uh, both offensively and defensively, kind of lock in on the defensive side and really be able to create on offense because it these last couple of games, really, since that Denver game, it just hasn't felt like normal Thunder basketball that we've been accustomed to. And there's a lot of reasons for that that we'll dive into. Um, but I think that's why, for example, you know, we were still up 20 points and you saw Billy stick with the starters until about two minutes left in the fourth because he wanted to ride that momentum, get these guys playing the right way again, and hopefully that'll translate to when they play again tomorrow. But just some things to that nature, like Baisley gaining confidence. As soon as he hit that first three in the first half, um, you pretty much knew that his confidence was there and he was going to be aggressive, and that's exactly what we saw. It continued throughout the game. In fact, we actually just got a tweet from Thunder PR stating that Darius Baisley is uh, the youngest reserve in Thunder history to score 20-plus points at 20 years and 58 days. Take that, um, James Harden. Boom. Then you have Shea. You know, like you said, he really struggled again the first half. Almost had, like, negative body language, and we can dive into that more if you want. But I really liked what I saw from him towards the end of the third quarter into the fourth, just being aggressive, basically saying, screw it. Yeah, I'm frustrated, but I'm going to do what I do best. This Wizard team, with all due respect, they suck. Nobody can stop me when I go to the basket, and that's what I'm going to do. So he started driving to the basket, made it to the free throw line, started kicking out to shooters and creating for others. Um, so just some things like that. Lou Dort, again, you know, just I think there's a lot of positives to take, um, even against a just absolutely awful Wizards team. Yeah, there's nothing to get your offense back on track quite like playing the Washington Wizards. Nick, Anything you take away from this? Any any positives or negatives as we move forward to the final three games of the bubble for the Thunder? Yeah, I got a couple things stuck out to me. Um, obviously, Taylor had had the good points about about Baisley. He he looked great tonight or today. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander seven assists doesn't sound like a lot, but it's over double his average on the season. I know a lot of that That's is point. Uh, Dennis Schroeder not playing, so him getting more opportunity. I actually wrote a a piece after that. Uh, last horrible loss to the Grizzlies with, you know, things to improve on. And one of them was, you know, with Dennis being out, Shea needs to step up and, and start creating more for guys. And I think he did that tonight. Um, on top of that, Mike Muscala coming out firing. He was a, a big reason the Thunder jumped out to that early lead. And I think that's that's big. You, when you play a team like Washington, and we've seen this, in fact, against Washington earlier this year, um, you kind of play down to the level of your competition sometimes, and I think that Muscala was was really instrumental in getting this game kicked off the right way, and the Thunder never looked back. So I think that was um, definitely something that was a little bit overlooked. And then lastly, just just the shot selection in general. This Thunder team is, is obviously not a great three-point shooting team. They shot it well tonight, um, but they're also a team that, that doesn't shoot many threes. They're they're more mid-range and then sometimes around the basket. I think just their shot selection in general and attacking the rim and, and scoring around the rim was another thing they did really, really well tonight. So it was uh, it was definitely a promising game. That's a good point, Nick. They shot 18 of 39. That's 46.2% from behind the arc uh, and 51.2% from the floor in general. You see guys like uh, Gallo just knocking down just almost every open shot. Um, some guys hitting three-pointers. Obviously, Muscala coming in and getting some great minutes. So uh, definitely was a better shooting night tonight, and hopefully they can continue that when they play some more elite teams. So 
Moving on from the Wizards game and looking holistically at the Thunder's performance in the bubble so far, as we've mentioned, they're five games in, three and two in those five games. Nick, I believe you and I, uh, this time one week ago, said that we thought the Thunder's week would be a three and one week. It ended up being a two and two week, which isn't the worst in the world. The Memphis game, they obviously just crapped the bet on. And the Denver game, they probably should have won. If Chris Paul hits free throws down the stretch, they win that game. But five and three, or five games in the bubble, they're three and two. Guys, the three wins have been pretty much blowouts. Yep. One of the losses obviously goes to overtime with the Denver game. And then the other loss against Memphis was, I don't even know what the hell was going on in that game. Um, but, but it's interesting that the wins have not been close wins, which is what we got used to during the season for the Thunder. The wins have been schlackings. They've just been total ass beatings against Utah, the Los Angeles Lakers, and then now the Washington Wizards. So how do you guys feel about these total of five games so far? And kind of what are your predictions with these final three? The next two are kind of, or maybe the next three. We'll see what the Clippers do in the last game of this of the, the quote-unquote season. But a showdown with the, what, now 5-0 and Phoenix Suns, and then playing against the Miami Heat, who are getting Jimmy Butler back, uh, is going to be in two really interesting games coming up this week. I, I think from from what we've seen thus far and going forward, everything hinges on defense. You, you look at both the games they won before the Washington game today. They held their opponents under 100 points. You look at today, the Wizards did eclipse 100, you know, kind of with, with trash time there at the end. They got to 103. Um, you look at, look, look at those three wins. They, they were all great defensive performances, limiting the opposing team to – to under 100 points for the most part, and then the, the two games they lost, both of those both of those losses, um, the opposing team scored 121 points. I think the Thunder are quite the opposite of the Rockets. They don't want to be in shootout games. They they should definitely rely on defense to win because because we, we we even saw it a couple times in the bubble. Some of their wins, like their offense, didn't look great. They just locked teams down and they won by 20 because they they held them to. To quite a few points or, or very few points so I think going forward um, against the Heat and against the Clippers and against the Suns you just got to keep relying on that defense is, is how I'm looking at it I like that I, I think that's a really good point Nick and I, I think my thoughts are just kind of more overall um, not so specific whether it's offense or defense um, this is something I brought up at the beginning the top of the pod but it just feels to me that these last five games just haven't really felt like the Thunder basketball we grew accustomed to and the style of play on both ends of the ball that we, we grew accustomed to uh, before the the hiatus in the season and I think there's a couple reasons for that one I mean or three really I think one this is kind of like a new season in a way for a lot of these teams as they try and gear back up to where they were prior to the the pause in the season two you have some teams that aren't really treating this like um, the resumption of the season and we're treating this as kind of like more scrimmages to Europe for the playoffs and a prime example of that is like the Clippers who rested Kawhi yesterday and now they're going to rest uh, PG today which is fair but you just have teams not all taking it equally I think the Lakers can maybe fall in that boat and we'll get into them later in the podcast and then the third thing overall is just all the injuries and inconsistencies in the Thunder lineup they haven't really had the chance to play together like they they, you know, had to have everybody either healthy or present uh, for multiple reasons and some of them are good but 
regardless, um, I think because of that, you can't, there's a lot of positive things, like specifically for like specific players you can take, but as the team as a whole, I'm not really looking into these past five games as much as I will be these next coming five games against more elite teams as we see guys, or see teams like the, the Suns who are taking this super seriously, trying to make that eighth seed. Um, the Miami Heat who have been playing fantastic playoff level, level basketball and the Clippers to end it all out if they aren't resting people before the playoffs. Um, I'm going to be looking more into these next five games and hopefully we'll get a healthy Steven, a healthy Nerlens, uh health all around and then eventually get Shooter back in the lineup. Very good. So with three games left, again, against the Suns, Miami Heat, and then maybe uh, the Clippers sit guys because they have seating already matched up uh, and locked up. We'll see. How do you guys predict the the rest of the bubble games going? Do the Thunder go three and zero, two and one, one and two, or zero and three? That's so I, hard. I'm gonna I'll, I'll kick us off just so just so I can get this out of the way. I see them going one and two. I I think that they ultimately end up in that six seed. I know they're ahead of Utah right now, but I. I think that Oklahoma City struggles over these next few games. The the Suns are hot. Um, the Clippers, we're not sure what they're going to look like if, if they've um, kind of given up and are, and are resting guys in that last game of the season. And then the Heat still have a lot to play for out in the East. I, I think we're going to go um, with one and two for the Thunder's predictions for the next three. There's so many unknowns, too, because, like, um, are the Thunder healthy? Does Steven play tomorrow? Um, do the Clippers rest everybody for that last game before the playoffs? So there, but you know what? What I hope happens that the Thunder go like two and one, for example, and um, they they gear up, they're healthy, everybody's ready to play. They go out and beat a really good Phoenix Sun, or a really yeah, a really good Phoenix Suns team who's been playing really well. Um, they they the Clippers take it seriously at that last game, and they're able to kind of gear up for the playoffs. But you're right, Nick. Like it, it wouldn't necessarily shock me if we get to the playoffs, and that's like the fir- you know everybody's that's the first time everybody's on this, the roster, and the Thunder are kind of geared back up and playing high level basketball again. Um, but I'd like to see that happen before the playoffs. I'm gonna go two and one. Yeah, I'm gonna be the optimist and, and side with Taylor here and go two and one as well. I, I think this next week is for teams like the Thunder is gonna be more about ramping up and really getting into a groove before you hit those playoff games, uh, especially when you're looking down the barrel of a either Thunder versus Houston or Thunder versus Denver series. I think it's best for them to really start to ramp it up here. And so I think that is what we will see. So speaking of ramping it up, guys, we've got to talk both about some players on this team that are maybe struggling and some of the injury issues. So obviously Dennis Schroeder is still not down in the bubble uh, he is with his wife and their newborn daughter. Uh, he was on the virtual fan cast today, though. Yes, he was. And apparently, uh, and, according to Thunder Digest, um, he was telling people in the virtual crowd, because apparently you can talk to one another, that he's planning on heading back tomorrow. So we'll see if that ends up being legit. Take that with a grain of salt. But that would be yep. very optimistic. And then once you get back, you have to quarantine for four days. I think he'll be ready for game one of the playoffs. Agreed. That's what I think their plan is. So Schroeder not in the bubble. Um, Steven Adams missed the Memphis game and then the Wizards game with that injured leg. Nerlens Noel sat out tonight. We've had Ferguson out with injury, but he is now back. We've had Nader out with a concussion, but he is back. Same thing with Mike Muscala. Uh, and then as far as guys that are struggling a bit, SGA has had a, I mean, his numbers look well today. You know, we, we talked about the 18 points, the seven assists, the six rebounds, six of 12 shooting. 
but just overall kind of looks a little out of it, maybe is the right way to say it, from the Memphis game into the Wizards game. Um, How concerned are you about all those kind of negatives combined moving forward into these final three games and in the playoffs? Surprisingly, I'm not. Um, I was here for a while, but what I saw today I think was uh, really uh, promising, especially in that second half specifically. And one of our guys, uh, Iku, has been seeing some really good questions and some top different topics and things to kind of pick her brain on Discord. And he had a really good point on Shea today. You know, he mentioned that we as a fan base have been really critical of Shea and his play so far, and rightfully so. But he feels that a lot of that is mainly due to, again, Shooter being out and therefore Billy coming to Shea and wanting him to work on his passing and his playmaking. And so he hasn't been focusing on his his scoring like he was, you know, when he had the luxury of doing so before the season pause and Shooter was still there. And I think he kind of saw what I saw in that second half where Shea finally was able to find the right balance. He got kind of pissed off. He drove to the basket, got to the line, showed that, you know, he, he, he started scoring. But when the defenses kind of started focusing in on him, he was kicking out to shooters, finding the open man. And I think that's critical in his development. And I was really impressed with what I saw in that second half. I think that's just going to continue. And then when we get shooter back, it's going to open up the floor for, for Shea so much. I think we'll see him kind of back to normal. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm not super worried about it. Um, Shea is going to be Shea. I think maybe being in the bubble, it's different for him. Um, things probably feel a little bit off. I'm, I'm not going to take his body language too much into account. I, I almost look at the injuries, assuming that, you know, Steven and Nerlens and these guys are, are actually okay. It's just more of a precautionary thing. Um, I, I look at this as kind of a good thing. We've seen guys like Mike Muscala and Hamadou Diallo and, and some of these other guys step up and get minutes. Not that they are going to get 20-25 minutes in a playoff game, but in the situation that someone does get hurt or someone gets in foul trouble or you just got to try something new in a series if things aren't working, the fact that these guys have have gotten the experience is good because you got to think about it. If if uh, some of these guys didn't get hurt and then they did in the playoffs and, and people like you know Mike Muscala didn't get a lot of playing time during the eight restart games, like he might be a little rusty and that might be his first time to go out there and really do some things. So I'm I'm looking at it, you know, optimistically, this uh, the injuries and Schroeder being out and, and the team having to do things differently is only gonna make them better in the long run. Hey, for our resump- season resumption preview pod for the Thunder. Who did I say was going to be an underrated player to keep an eye on? Mike Muscala. I think you're exactly right, Nick. That uh, that's given him some minutes, showed what he can do, gave him some, given him some confidence, and I think we'll see him kind of mixed in there uh, with Nerlens at, at the backup center. So I think that's a really big for this team. And uh, Nick, you actually tweeted out today that Billy mentioned in his post inter- post game interview about the pick and pop between uh, Muskie and CP3, and I think that's you know definitely something that the Thunder can use to their advantage. So uh, I, I agree. I've got, and Hami, another guy who's really kind of benefited from some of this, and we're seeing him grow in confidence. So uh, it, it's good to see these guys get some burn, and hopefully it'll translate into the playoffs. Yep, and I think uh, both Muscala and Baisley getting time at center is going to be really, really key, especially if Oklahoma City matches up against Houston because um, as as great as having Steve and Nerlens on offense against a tiny team like that, defensively like PJ Tucker you know he sits in the corner a lot so it's not like he's super super active on offense at that center position but I almost would like to throw in a Baisley or a Muscala against the Rockets if that's the the first round matchup just just for 
for matchup and, and sizing Small purposes. Small ball, baby. So speaking of guys that are getting burn and getting more of an opportunity, I want to talk about some of the young guys because throughout the, these bubble games, we've seen guys like Hamadou Diallo rack up a lot of minutes. We've seen Baisley rack up a lot of minutes. Obviously, Lou Dort continuing to start and thrive. These young guys seem to be growing up. Now, they're still a little inconsistent, which is what you expect from young guys. Obviously, Baisley's had ups and downs. Uh, Lou started the the actual games that count, not being able to shoot the ball very well at all, and then kind of exploded in that Memphis game. But what are you guys' thoughts on some of these young guys? And then we've asked this question on this pod before, but with another week of experience under our belts, I want to ask it again. Of these young Thunder Wings, who is most likely to accumulate playoff minutes? I think it's, I mean, it's definitely Darius Bays, or I'm sorry, not Darius Baisley, uh, Lou Dort, uh, as far as getting those wing minutes in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously he's a starter. I think that into the playoffs, he's going to continue to get those minutes. The team's really, really good when he's out there defensively, and he's looked like a different person offensively. I know he's yep. he struggled a bit with, with the actual shots going down, but his cutting ability, his his confidence shooting the three, um, just the way his shot looks and the way he looks as an offensive player, I think my viewpoint on him, I know we talked about him a lot you know, earlier in the season, like he's kind of a, a Robertson replacement. He can be that defensive anchor and, and hold someone down. He may not give you much offensive um, firepower production, but, but he could definitely do it defensively. And now we're kind of seeing him do it on both ends of the floor. There's yep. There's been quite a few games where he's been – very consistent on offense, so I think he'll get uh, a lot of the burn here. Um, the other, the other player I just want to touch on before I pass it over to Taylor is Hamadou Diallo. He is an excellent rebounder at the, at the guard position. I think that he's going to be um, big in in small uh, spurts in the playoffs. I also think that he's a guy that Billy has wanted to play for a long, long time. We've seen You're him right. be that first guard off the bench, and, and Billy's been asked, you know, like. What do you think of, of Hamadou Diallo and how he's played, you know, in scrimmages and in the regular season? And Billy has pretty much said, I'm not surprised at all. We've always wanted Diallo to be one of our, our key rotational pieces. He just couldn't stay healthy. And and that almost makes me think, like, maybe Terrence Ferguson would have been out of the rotation a heck of a lot sooner if Diallo hadn't been hurt. I, I think Diallo's a guy that, that Billy and the rest of the, the coaching staff in the front office has known could be a contributor. He just couldn't stay healthy. So I'm fascinated yeah. to see how he plays. I couldn't have said that any better. I'm 100% with you on both Lou and Hami, uh, their development. Like you said, a lot some of that due to injury, not so much for Lou, but Hami specifically, any more, more burn, I think it's just going to pay dividends down the road. And it's uh, really exciting to kind of see them put start to put it together and, and look good on both ends. You know, uh, Hami's actually knocking down some three-pointers, which won't happen that often, but uh, it's good to see him kind of improve his stroke. And then speaking of backdoor cuts, you know, not only did Lou have some Andre Robertson-esque cuts, but uh, so did Tommy today for some monster dunks. So just his athleticism, being able to make things happen, grabbing boards over people. I, I even compared that to Terrence Ferguson when he was in the game today. There was a, a play where two Wizards players went up for the ball, and Terrence Ferguson just kind of looked at it where Homie would have been able to go up and, and snag that. That's what we that's what we mean when we say that uh, 
Hami is a guy that just makes things happen compared to Ferguson, who just kind of sits in the corner and waits for his shot. So I'm exactly with you there. And then I think in terms of both Baisley and Shea, we touched on Shea. I think he's going to be just fine. And I'm really kind of excited to see his momentum uh, tomorrow into the game against somebody like Booker. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I hope that we see a really big game from him. Now, Darius Baisley, Nick, you actually retweeted something yesterday that I found really interesting from Jacob Goldstein. Um, he actually tweeted out a couple different stats, basically all centered around player impact plus minus. And Baisley's at like the worst amongst rookies and even players in the bubble that I've gotten over like a certain amount of minutes. Not great, but seeing what he was able to do today is really encouraging. So I hope that he continues that confidence as well. And he, we aren't going to see him score 20 plus points against teams that aren't the Wizards, but at least seeing him being able to hit down some of those threes, take him without hesitation, drive to the rim, be strong, play strong and sound defense, I think is going to be really good. So uh, I'm excited to see Baisley heading into these last couple of games for the playoffs. Yeah, you guys mentioned Homie shooting four of eight from three during bubble games. Wow, that's better than I thought. That's yeah, awesome. he um, and I, I don't have today's stats pulled up in front of me, but in the the four games before this Wizards game, nine points, two points, seven points, seven points. Um, you look at assists, one, 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 two. Um, you sorry, that's steals. Assists is one, four, two, two. Rebounds, four, seven, six, and eight. He's making his impact felt. We know he's not a great shooter. We know people aren't really going to respect his shot very much. But he's learning to utilize that athleticism into tangible on-court production. And that's really what Hami has needed really his entire basketball career. right? Hami is the kind of person that he could go and play baseball. He could go and play football. He could go and play soccer. He could do whatever he wants. His athleticism is just off the damn charts. It's learning to utilize that athleticism in a basketball skill. And we're seeing that. He's been great defensively. He's been great on the glass. Uh, Taylor, like you mentioned, he's starting to, to learn to backdoor cut and move off the ball more. Uh, he's been screening. And so he's learning to take these these tools that he has, you know, just getting on the offensive glass and getting tip-ins and stuff. We, he, he had a disgusting put-back dunk on a oh, Shea man, missed layup today. Awesome. So whenever he learns to do these types of things and he can start utilizing that, he becomes, a, I think, a, an impactful bench player. And I would not be surprised if your bench unit in the playoffs is uh, Schroeder, Nerlens, Baisley, and Homie. Yeah. And you know what? I think there's some underrated value as well just to being an explosive player like that and being a spark plug for some of those guys. When the offense is stagnant and Homie comes down and gets a monster dunk, that's going to fire up a team. And uh, I, I think there's some, some value that you need up to, that you can put there as well. Yeah, and, and one, one name we haven't mentioned, he's not necessarily one of the young guys, but uh, Jacob, you just mentioned who you think might be you know, the, the reserve rotational guys in the playoffs. I would not be shocked if we get a little bit of Nader in some stretches. I, I think it'll be more like three or four minute stretches just because he's a guy that, although his jump shot and the shots he takes look so dang awkward. Like he's one of the better three point shooters on the team, like statistically. And he, we, we've seen it plenty of times, even in the bubble, like he'll, he'll come in and he'll hit two or three threes in just a span of a few minutes and turn a game around. I wouldn't be shocked if in the playoffs, if, if the Thunder's offense is struggling a bit, Nader gets thrown in there to, to chuck up some threes and see if they can turn things around. His defense is improved I, too. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I also think you guys mentioned, uh, Mike Muscala earlier, and you kind of have the best of both worlds with Muscala and with Nerlens. If you need a rim protecting big to come off the bench, 
Nerlens is your guy. If you need a little bit more offensive firepower, you need to space the floor out a little bit more for guys like Schroeder and Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, then you bring in Muscala. So they have some versatility kind of built in here where they can match up interestingly against other teams. Speaking of matching up, though, I got to ask you guys, because we're coming down the stretch here, preferred playoff matchup. Uh, It's looking like it's coming down to three teams that the Thunder could play in the playoffs. Uh, The Utah Jazz, the Houston Rockets, or the Denver Nuggets. Nick, I want you to rank those three and which one you think is most likely that the Thunder can beat versus which one you are most uncomfortable with the Thunder playing because you think they'll lose. Yeah, uh, as far as most likely, like I said earlier, I I think... If I had to predict the rest of the the three games, the Thunder go one and two, finish up in that six spot, and play Denver. So I think that, in my opinion, is most likely. So um, so sorry, that's the most likely matchup. But who do you think the Thunder is most likely to beat of those gotcha. three? I mean, I think all of us would probably unanimously agree that Jazz would be the most favorable matchup. That's, that's definitely the team that the, the, yeah. the Thunder match up against. So I'll 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 break down Rockets versus Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are, are, are a team like we know who they are. We know um, Jokic, what he's going to do. We know that Michael Porter Jr. is turning into a, a microwave score for them. We know they're a really long team. We know um, you know Jamal Murray is going to be a scoring point guard. They're just, they're just kind of a, a standard basketball team, and they're a team we know how they're going to play, and, and I think it's going to be easier for Billy to you know drop schemes and, and rotations and things. Whereas the Houston Rockets are just, I don't know. Like, like they have this weird small ball roster that I think is hard to game plan for. And you really have to get lucky. Like, I don't care how good your defense is. They've got the firepower that if they're hot that night, they're hot that night. And I do not want to take my chances that the Houston Rockets are not hot four times. You know, That's have to beat point. them four times. I just think it's more straightforward and, and there's more of a plan of action and less luck involved playing against a team like the Denver Nuggets. So I would say the Jazz, most favorable matchup, the Nuggets at two, and the Houston Rockets is least favorable. Yeah, no, I, I that kind of mirrors, mirrors what Justin said in his post-game podcast that he he had the luxury of doing after the awesome Grizzlies game on Friday. <laughs> but he brought up a really good point and kind of mirrored what you said as well, Nick, and I'm in full agreement with you guys. The, the Rockets are just such a unknown of what they're going to bring every night, and when they're on, they're one of the best teams in, in basketball. Um, so I would much rather play the safer bets in Denver and Utah, U, uh, Utah being my favorite. But with that being said, I just want to mention – Watching that game yesterday, Utah versus the Nuggets, they both had their all their guys back for at least what they're going to have uh, going into the playoffs. And for the majority, I guess Wilson Chandler was still out. And then obviously Bogdanovich isn't going to be coming back. But they were playing some elite-level basketball. That looked like playoff basketball to a T. What worries me is we haven't been able to see the Thunder get there yet. Not that I don't think they're going to, but they just haven't had their guys together, like, like we mentioned earlier. So if those guys are already playing that level of basketball heading into the bubble, and we don't see that yet until the first or second playoff game, that worries me a little bit playing any of those three teams. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I I think I'm with you guys in the sense that Denver is a better matchup than Houston for the Thunder. And here's one of my big reasonings that, Nick, you didn't really touch on. Against Denver, the Thunder have to play Steven Adams, right? Steven's mm-hmm. going to play 35-plus minutes a night. Steven's one of your five best players. And against Houston, I don't know how often you can have Steven Adams on the court. 
And I don't care what, what the matchups are like or whatever. I know that Jokic always beats up on Steven. But in the playoffs, you want to have your five best players on the court as much as possible. And I feel that the Thunder can do that. And it's way more conducive when they play Denver and not when they play Houston. And so I think that has to play somewhat of a role in this. Um, I And I also think, like you mentioned, just Houston plays such a unique brand of basketball that they just throw you off. Where Denver plays a more traditional style that I think the Thunder can match up with better. So I, I, my preference would be Denver over Houston. Obviously, if you can end up getting Utah in that 4-5 matchup, you just do it. You do it. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the most likely scenario is Thunder versus Denver. That's where I'm leaning also. I'm with you. And that, that also, um, while, while that's also a, a more favorable matchup than Houston, it gives that you pick, likely right? means, yeah, you're, you're the sixth spot and you have a much better chance of retaining that top 20 protected pick. So I think that's, I mean, in, in a perfect world, you play Utah in the first round. I think that's, that's probably the number one option. But um, in a more realistic scenario, I think if the Thunder can match up against the Nuggets in round one and retain that first round pick, that's a, that's a success in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. All right, well, guys, before we take our trip around the association, we got to tell you about a few of our sponsors today. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels will, will ensure that you never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use our promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you guys ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code UNCONTESTED or DealDash.fm slash UNCONTESTED. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash UNCONTESTED. All right, gentlemen, it is time that we take a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) Just never gets old. I don't never sitting at gets old. All right, guys, around the association, let's start off with. Maybe my favorite thing to follow in the NBA right now, which is the chase for the eighth seed in the West. I think if you were a week and a half ago to come on this podcast and say, hey, Phoenix this is Suns, this baby. is where it's going to be um, five games into the seeding games, we'd all call bullshit. 
that I mean, I'm we're just being honest here, right? We would all call bullshit that the Memphis Grizzlies are what looks to be. I'm watching the game right now. There's 14 seconds left. Are about to be one and five in the bubble. Um, the Blazers three and two. We could have guessed that. Uh, the Spurs being three and two. I don't think we would have guessed that. The Pelicans being two and three. We didn't think that was going to happen. And then the biggest surprise. The Phoenix freaking Suns are 5-0 and On fire. and up to 10th. And, and not to mention, I know this is probably the the worst time on this Sunday to talk about race for the eight just because there's so many games going on right now and so many variables, but the Pelicans are also down 15 to the Spurs right now, and if they lose and the Blazers win, um, the NBA's almighty Zion Williamson will be will eliminated from the it. playoff picture. Yep. Also, Keith and Smith I, tweeted out that uh, if the or the Grizzlies are going to lose, there's only 14 seconds left. They no longer can make the play-in. So now there's two spots open for the play-in between the Blazers, Suns, and Spurs. That's absurd. It's wild. And then I had high hopes for Sacramento coming into the bubble. And they just, at this point, they don't look like they want to play basketball anymore. They look True. like they're finished. So, uh, very interesting. So, I, I want to ask you guys where we're at now. So, Memphis uh, about to lose. That's going to drop them to 33 and 38. Uh, Trailblazers at 32 and 39. Suns at 31 and 39. San Antonio Spurs at 30 and 38. Who ends up playing in this play in tournament, these best of three, to get into the playoffs? I think... Well, let, let me rephrase that. Who, Who is it going to be, and who do you hope it will be? There it is with go. two answers. I, I think... I, I don't know who is going to play the Blazers in the, in the play-in game, but I think the Blazers will be the team that ultimately gets that eight seed. Who do I want? I think, you know, the Phoenix Suns are super fun to watch right now. Devin Booker is playing out of his mind. I think they'd be a lot of fun. I, all that being said, I think they would they would get swept in the first round to the Lakers and the Blazers maybe can get a game or two. Um, so I, I think for me, who I want is the Phoenix Suns, who I think, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's no question the Blazers among these teams racing for the eight are the most talented, the most experienced, and, and playing the best ball outside of the Phoenix Suns, which I think may be a little bit of a fluke in five games. But like like Billy would say, fool's gold. Um fool's gold. no, I I think I think the Blazers are are the team that'll that'll capture that, that eight spot. Yeah, see, I, I'm the same exact way. The Suns have been a blast, and if they continue to play this way, like I, I would love nothing more for them to make it in. But even with that being said, I, I still, I think there's a part of me that just still would like to see that Dame-LeBron uh, matchup in the first round for the Lakers have to play the Blazers in the first round if the Lakers haven't looked great. I, I love that idea. Um, just more upset potential. So I'm actually rooting for the Blazers to go ahead and get that eighth spot, even though I love the Suns. And uh, I also think the Blazers will get it. Yeah, I think the Blazers ultimately end up there, but I can't wait to get a possible Blazers versus Suns matchup. We get DeAndre Ayton going up against Nurk. We get, you know, Devin Booker squaring off against Dame Lillard. We get to see Mikhail Bridges, uh, you know, maybe guarding somebody like a Carmelo Anthony. It's oh, it's just it's going to be fun. It's going to be Johnson really, really versus Gary Trent Jr. There, hey, two flamethrowers. I'm ready for it, man. The the Suns have been maybe my favorites. Not maybe they've been my favorite story in the bubble. I've loved watching them play. 
I don't know if you guys remember this, but whenever everybody traveled down to the bubble in early July, tons of social media posts and people bitching about the food and people making videos out on the golf course and this and that. And we never heard anything from the sun from the suns. Yeah. And they said they were just they were going to work. They were down here on a business trip. Pretty They're taking awesome. care of their business, man. That's a really good point, Jacob. Yeah, they uh, their account tweeted some stuff out, but then working out, the players kept quiet, and it's paying off. They're they're focused. Oh, they've been so much fun. I've really enjoyed, and so I hope that's the matchup we get. And that's kind of what I'm hanging my hat on right now. It's it's going to be Blazers Suns in the eight nine uh, playing game. So I'm excited for it. Speaking of though, uh, and and maybe Phoenix falls in this category or some Phoenix players. Who are some some bubble breakouts as far as individual players are concerned? Guys that have come down to the bubble and that we are now saying, oh, this guy is legit. Next season is going to be fun to watch him play. I mentioned Gary Tritt Jr. earlier, and he's obviously my favorite, but let's be honest, we can't start this segment out without at least bringing up TJ Warren. I mean, holy crap. What did that man do in the offseason or the the break and play? Like, absolutely absurd 30 plus points in like all of his games except the one where he's i think he scored like 29 and that's just off the top of my head maybe he did score 30 in all of them crazy he's been incredible yeah and and my guy there's a couple guys that we could talk about the one that sticks out to me is a guy that i have been so high on since he got drafted and i know a lot of people have just just knowing the sheer amount of talent he had Michael Porter Jr. That's Holy a good one too. Cow, man. Like he he is 6'10, 6'11. He has a crazy high release point. He can shoot it from anywhere. I remember there was uh tweets going out from from different people around Denver saying, you know, last year when he was rehabbing, he was still like shooting in the gym and stuff and they were they were saying you know, Michael Porter Jr. might be the best shooter on this team. And I, I did not think he was going to be this good of a shooter this fast. I thought he would be more of a, a bully ball Ben Simmons type guy early on in his career. But, like, he can score from anywhere. He's a great rebounder. I mean, offensive rebounding is, like, off the charts. And then just overall, like, he's he's a double-double machine in an absolute microwave. Yeah, that's a good one. That's another one. Yeah, guy. he's been... I mean, it's been a, an absolute bubble breakout for him. Gary Trent Jr., like you mentioned, Taylor, he definitely deserves He's a spot there. And and my guy, my guy, who was already good, and I think has just kicked it up to another level, uh, Mikhail Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. He's legit. Like, oh, yeah. maybe he's, he's not going to score 30 a night, but defensively, he is an absolute terror. His arms are so long. He plays hard. He can score the basketball. Phoenix has maybe for the first time in a long time, they have a future. The sun is bright. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's true, though. Mike Mike Hills looked fantastic. And uh, when we did the Under the Bubble series and we had the guys over from the Timeline Pod on, both of them just raved about Michael and how he he could be a a huge factor for the Suns teams, and they were spot on. I mean, he's a huge reason why the the team is 5-0 right now since starting to play back up in the bubble. Um, and then just one other guy, not nearly to the caliber of the guys that we mentioned, but just somebody who's continued to stick out to me. Again, talking about opportunity with some players out. Uh, Jamichael Green for the Clippers. He's given the Clippers some fantastic minutes, especially yesterday, but just as a whole. And for him to be playing at that level, once they hopefully get Trez back, um, just even more depth for that team. Uh, unlock certain different lineups and stuff for them and uh, some small ball lineups if they need to go small ball. I've been really impressed with him. Definitely. So let's flip gears just a little bit here. Go from breakout players 
uh, to teams. What teams have risen and what teams have fallen here in the bubble? Obviously, we'll kick it off with the Phoenix Suns, who have been incredible. And aside, doing all of this without Kelly Oubre Jr. That's another good point, which is a lot of guys. Throw Kelly Oubre Jr. in there with Booker, with uh, Bridges, and with Aiton, and you've got a squad. You've got a legit squad there. I think a, a falling team on the flip side of that, it's got to be, well, actually, we have that as another bullet point here, but we'll just include it. It's got to be the Los Angeles Lakers. They have definitely struggled. Some of that could be to just LeBron and AD just kind of casually ramping up and not taking it serious, but they haven't looked great, and that supporting cast definitely has not looked great. Taylor, you're you're doing the thing every year. LeBron teams, they they they. they I mean, it's good. They need, they it is, it's an every year thing, especially when he was in the East. Obviously, like every year, it was like, oh man, Cleveland is is not going to be the team they once were. You know, they're a they're a five or six seed this year. This is not the Cleveland team we've seen in the past. And then LeBron just chuckles and says, "All right, guys, yeah, regular season's <laughs> real. Regular season's real or important. Wait till you see me in the playoffs." And I, I just I, I cannot put any stock in the Lakers trending down just because we've been wrong about that so many times. That's a fair point. True. Uh, any any other rising teams? Rising teams. Uh, the Spurs have been quite the surprise. Yeah, the Spurs kind of letting their young guys like cutting them loose, playing small ball, getting with the times, and looking good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one more rising and it's it's not necessarily rising in the standings just because they're pretty solidified but a team that i think has looked great for the most part um the boston celtics yeah that's a team that's a team that that i've always had troubles or 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 worried about because they don't have a a true like solid center but daniel tice and ennis Cantor and the different you know lineups they've they've rolled out to to kind of disguise that I mean, they've they've looked excellent, and they've got some dogs in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then of course Kemba's great, and Gordon Hayward is an awesome just kind of role player in, in the position that he's in. It's they're they're going to be a tough out. I've got probably the equivalent of that in the uh, the flip side of a falling team. Philadelphia 76ers just continue to be such a disappointment, and obviously things completely change even further with Ben Simmons out. Even prior to that, they just were not clicking. Same issues they were having during the regular season, even some new additional ones. And uh, unfortunately, they just cannot find the right balance of guys outside Ben Simmons and Embiid to make that pairing work, and it just uh, is not looking good. There's been some whispers about Brett Brown. Is he going to be in trouble? I think that's kind of you know maybe a little overhyped, but... Needless to say, the Sixers are definitely in a very interesting position coming into the offseason. Another fun riser. Let's stay in the Eastern Conference. The Indiana Pacers, 4-1 uh, and one in the bubble without Domas Sabonis and without Malcolm Brogdon for most of these games. Yeah, and Brogdon's they, come back. They've been, uh, obviously, TJ Warren just going nuclear helps. Uh, getting Victor Oladipo back helps. but and, and they're doing this without Jeremy Lamb, who tore his ACL, I think. That's a good point. So Indiana has has a bit of a future uh, moving forward after the bubble is done as well. So there are some interesting some interesting risers and fallers going on in is fallers even a word? <laughs> fallers. Uh, I don't I don't know. But um so last thing I guess we'll leave with before we hop off the podcast guys. We got to talk about the beef in the bubble. The bubble beef, which bubble, bubble, sounds bubble like beef. 
bubble beef sounds like uh, something that you like happens to your dinner when you leave it out for too long. Like, <laughs> the beef gets bubbly. I don't know. Um, obviously, here talking about the Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Clippers. If you did not follow along with this, uh, Dame. So at, at the end of the Clippers game where the Clippers beat the Portland Trailblazers, uh, the Clippers waved bye to Damian Lillard, well, which is that, obviously it started. With, do, so at, at, at some at some point during the game, a little earlier, Dame was going back down the court and he looked over to Pat Bev because Pat Bev's, Bev's been chirping the whole game and says, I, I want you out here. So then uh, Dame chokes and misses those two free throws and you see Pat Bev on the sideline doing the Dame time and mocking him, Dame time, Dame time. And that's kind of how that all started. So then at the end, you see Pat Bev and I think Lou Will, maybe somebody else with, with Pat Bev waving, doing the, the Dame wave. Yeah, so then it, it carries over to social media where um, Dame said uh, in the postgame presser that you know he took it as respect you know, because he said, I've knocked, um, Dame said, I've knocked Patrick Beverly out of the playoffs. I've knocked Paul George out of the playoffs. So like they can do that, but I have the upper hand at, at which point I think Patrick Beverly was the first to comment on Instagram and said, one, two, three Cancun. <laughs> and then Paul George responded back and said something about Damien not going far in the playoffs this year. Uh, that they weren't going to make it. And then Dame replied back that and told Paul George something about, along the lines of like, you know, you, you're too afraid of the grind. Go ahead and jump to another team, blah, blah, blah. And then it carries over to Damian Lillard's sister talking trash about Paul George's girlfriend slash wife and how he knocked up a stripper. <laughs> and then PG's girlfriend slash wife calling Dame's sister a cow. And so really yeah. what needs to happen here is we just need to get Portland and the Clippers in the same hotel room. Absolutely. And like you said, before all this started, Jacob, get some reality TV cameras in there. Perfect. I'm telling you, man. And then uh, Kyle Lowry got into it with somebody the other day, and the broadcast yeah, even like, like picked Gordon. up the, leap, the, the, the lip reading where he yep. said like, Aaron Gordon called. I'm, me I'm room 453. If you want to come by, yeah. It's like, oh man, like this is getting heated. It felt like going into the bubble. It was a bunch of camaraderie. It was a bunch of everybody talking. How can we band together? Do what's best for the league. Fight for social justice. Yada yada yada. We're just starting to get to the chippy part now, and I think it only gets better as the playoffs get here. You know, and as to, they start moving these players into the same hotel rooms after playoff teams get eliminated. To that point, I was listening to the Woj pod yesterday, and that's something that him and Rachel Nichols were talking about, where he mentioned it. He Woj mentioned that he had talked to some players who were kind of and some coaches and GMs who were kind of curious about what happens when some of these teams start to leave the bubble after losing. Um, for starters, he he meant it from the perspective of you know some players who are stuck there for a long time, looking at these guys getting to leave and going about their normal lives and kind of getting jealous. But then on the, the another side of that is the whole like you said, Jacob teams are converging coming into the same hotel while they're playing in a, in a very intense seven game series in the playoffs he said that's going to carry over into you know whether you're at the pool or in the elevator or whether you're in the dining hall so i i think we're definitely going to see some of the, that happen and, and here's some rumors of stuff happening um, outside of these basketball games i'm into it man i love it let the trash talk let the beef sizzle let's get it going <laughs> um 
God, I wonder if there's any underground tunnels connecting the hotels. <laughs> hey, Chris Paul will lead the way. Get a Staples Center all over again. I am 100% here for it. So, um, all right, guys. Well, before we get out of here, any parting thoughts? Just really wish that game wasn't 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow. That kind of sucks. I feel that. I feel that 100%. Yeah, it's going to be a... Uh going to be a quick week three games packed into the next what is it five days and then a couple days off and playoffs so you know next next sunday when we're doing this group pod we're going to be talking about playoff matchups yep so and we will try to get a guest on here like we have in the past to break down the thunder um and whoever they're playing break down that playoff matchup so be on the lookout for that as well well gentlemen Another one in the books. Again, the Thunder beat the Washington Wizards today to improve to 3-2 and two in the bubble. We will be back with you after the Oklahoma City Thunder take on the hottest team in the league, the Phoenix Suns. That's not a phrase I'm used to saying. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can get that post-game pod immediately as it drops. If you're a first-time listener, thanks so much for checking out the show. If you're a long-time listener, man, we appreciate you so much. Regardless how many times you've listened, if you want to go drop a five-star rating, that would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to check out BoomTownHoops.com for all your Thunder coverage and join the Discord because that place is hopping all the time. We maybe have some fun little uh, podcast tweaks coming your way this next week, so be on the lookout for that as well. And again, playoffs are right around the corner, so let's get this thing fired up. We will talk to you again in like less than 24 hours with the post game after the Thunder versus Suns game. You guys have a great beginning of your week, and we will talk to you soon. Thunder up. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire 
to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.